0: Hey everybody, I'm coming to you live uh, from uh, the house, as you can tell, uh, for an unexpected Facebook Live at 1010 at night, uh, but I felt that it was so important to discuss these issues um, and to uh, allay some fears that I'm hearing uh, that uh, I wanted to get on this late, and uh, and do a Facebook Live. I'm not my normal energetic self. You'll have to forgive me for that, uh, but uh, the energy is just never the same, or hadn't been the same. Anyway, uh, today the Oklahoma Supreme Court. Well, let's back up. And, and for those of you who uh, who may not have been following along or may not have been paying attention, uh, I'm going to give you a little bit of history uh, behind what's going on, and um, and talk about what the issues are, why they're issues. And why we got an Oklahoma Supreme Court decision today that almost killed 788. Uh, so, uh, I'm letting people jump on one because I want to be able to explain this so everybody can follow along. So forgive me, uh, for, uh, for stalling a little bit, but people jump on pretty quick and we're already at 75 or so and you we know, will keep going. So we'll, uh, we'll go ahead and start. As many of you know, uh, some months ago, uh, quite some months ago, uh, some people, including Ryan Kiesel, who was the is now the former director of the state ACLU. Uh, he resigned his position. Uh, and some other people were behind a state initiative petition or state initiative question 806. Uh, I don't know if you recall that one, but there was a lot of issues with it. I spent, oh, many, many hours uh, on here going over the problems with it. Uh, the backlash was utterly and completely immense. Uh, a D.C. Daryl Carnes uh, also spent a, a substantial amount of time, as you all did, Uh, But D.C. did a lot of lies going through point by point, talking about the bad things in 806. So ultimately, at the end of the day, uh, they withdrew the State Question 806 petition. And sadly, this is just Diet Coke. Um, After they withdrew the 806 petition, they filed the State Question 807. And um, what happened was Paul Tay, who if you've not Googled him and don't know who Paul Tay is, Google him, uh, but Paul Tay from his jail cell at the Tulsa County Jail uh, filed a challenge to state question 807. And he filed that challenge. I was out of the state getting married. It was in January that the challenge period had to be filed. It's a very small window. He challenged it. And he challenged it on a couple of arguments. And, and I, I want to point out that, you know, you know, everybody. some people have issues with Paul. And certainly, you know, there's some things that he's done that I don't necessarily care for. But the man is extremely intelligent and from his jail cell and from Tulsa county you know from a pod in Tulsa county jail, he challenged uh state question eight oh seven The problem with that is that he did a fairly decent job in it, and you know um that's a problem so state question eight o seven was going to be you know make it recreational uh and do some other things and and really change a lot of stuff and make it a constitutional uh, amendment to the state constitution to uh, permit both a medical and a recreational program, um, and you can go read it for yourselves, but that's not the important part today. The important thing today is when Paul challenged it, he challenged it arguing uh, something called the Supremacy Clause, and basically what the Supremacy Clause says is that where there is a federal law that is supreme and stands out and above the, uh, a state law, the, the federal law uh, reigns supreme. Uh, there's a long line of cases that really you know, gave the Supreme Court a lot of power and it was really in interpreting the supremacy clause that they got that power. This is the U.S. Supreme Court, and one of the other areas of the law that uh, has really expanded the power of the federal government throughout history has been an expansion, uh, and in my opinion, an overinterpretation of the Commerce Clause. And now that, that overinterpretation has done some great things. It gave us decisions like um, Heart of Atlanta Motel uh, versus Heart of Atlanta Motel. Uh, which essentially said that, you know, segregated boarding houses and segregated hotels was unconstitutional. Uh, it gave us decisions that struck down, uh, segregation. It gave us, uh, decisions that, you know, overturned a lot of things that, that are great for the civil rights movement and we have been used well. But the problem is, is it also really expanded the federal government's power. Now, in, Expanding the authority of the Commerce Clause, basically what the court has held, and I'm going to way simplify this for purposes of just explanation, but essentially if something is involved in interstate commerce and the federal government has stepped in to regulate that interstate commerce activity, essentially federal law always trumps state law on those issues, and it's a tie into the Supremacy Clause, but it's also a tie into the the Commerce Clause in the Constitution. So what Mr. Tay argued was that federal law and the Controlled Substances Act, uh, is, is passed because it has ties into the interstate commerce, commerce between state to state, uh, and also argued that, uh, because the federal government has passed the Controlled Substances Act, that the Supremacy Clause equally prevents a state from authorizing, uh, statutes and activity which is contrary to federal law. Uh, Mr. Tay, again, on notebook paper, handwritten, with limited access to research, you know, filed this challenge. We finally have a decision on 807 today. And it, and this is going to sound weird, but I am extremely, extremely happy that 807 survived Paul Tay's challenge uh, on this issue. The reason why I'm happy that it survived the challenges on this issue is because if it had failed in this issues, 788 dies with it. And that is something that everybody needs to understand. And it's something I've been harping on about the importance of why we don't need to have these challenges and battles in court. We don't need courts making law. This came very close to killing the entirety of 788 today. If, they, if the vote had gone slightly different, if we'd had, uh, essentially if we'd had one person switch a vote, we were in a really big, big problem. If two people switch a vote, we'd lose it um there was an abstention as well um so we had big problems and we have big problems the way the oklahoma supreme court works is those positions uh are are uh, are, are essentially for life unless they resign or they retire etc so right now we we now have a court that we kind of know what they're going to do but those positions are continually replaced as people retire leave the bench die whatever so we, we literally face a situation where we don't have much of a leeway in, you know, what's going to happen. I mean, think about the recent Supreme Court decisions we've seen where, you know, Gorsuch uh, ruled one way and, and, vo- and voted with the more liberal uh, justices and another one where John Roberts voted with the more liberal justices. The sway and change of one vote can mean a lot on a Supreme Court because it's usually fairly, on a lot of issues, it's fairly close. And now we have an issue that's clearly a fairly close issue in uh, the Oklahoma Supreme Court. So I'm glad that 807 survived in that if they had struck it down for the challenged reasons, they would have killed 788. So this is why I want to talk about this now, and I want to bring this up now because essentially what the Supreme Court said by agreeing that 807 can proceed barely is they've said they can go collect signatures. Now, look, none of us want 807. None of us want, you know, 811, 813, whatever the other ones that are out there, they're all terrible. Nobody wants any of them. But what we need to ensure, and, and 807 scares me because that group has money behind them. And, and look, there's, they've had some advocates behind them. I think they've lost most of their advocates uh, that were behind them originally. I, I think that most of them have abandoned ship, uh, but I, I don't know that to be the case. And you guys know who I'm talking about. I'm not going to mention names here, but I think, you know, I, th- I know of at least, I think two of them at least. Have left the third one sort of up in the air. I don't know where he stands on things, but we need to make sure that this 807 group doesn't pay for signatures. Think about the you know when you were voting last election when Senate 788 passed, you were also voting on an eyeglass bill, and basically the eyeglass bill, if you remember, was going to allow um, optometrists to operate inside of big box retailers. I called it the Walmart optometrist bill or optometrist petition because essentially what happened was Walmart came in, completely funded the signature collection uh, on that and got it on the ballot. Now, ultimately it lost on the ballot. But the fact of the matter is that shows very clearly that money and paid signature collectors can get things on our ballots. So as if they decide, if these people behind 807, first of all, they need to, you all need to understand and hold them accountable that they are essentially jeopardizing everything we have in 788 if they run this thing, uh, and try to get signatures on this thing. Same for anybody else running an initiative petition that has anything to do with medical marijuana. They're again setting it up for future court challenges, which we could have different people on the Supreme Court. We could have a change in opinion. We could have not Paul Tay arguing for the other side and get a well-funded, uh, opposition, which could, you know, argue it better and, and sway some votes. Uh, with some other areas of the law. The point being, we need to make sure that 807 does not get, none of these get enough signatures to even be presented to the Secretary of State to be put on the ballot. Because once that happens, once the signatures have been presented, additional challenges can then be filed. And the filings are always with the Oklahoma Supreme Court. Challenges could be challenging ballot signatures or challenging signatures, the number of signatures, the validity of signatures, etc. Additionally, you can challenge what's called the ballot title, which is the basically the description of uh, the initiative petition. And some of the ones that are out there, like 813, I think it's 813, has that, dear God, go read that thing. It's ridiculous. Um, it, it's it's clearly not a successful ballot title. But all of those things could be challenged with the Oklahoma Supreme Court. Every time these issues get brought back up, the Supreme Court has an opportunity to re-rule on these issues. Now, in the law, we have something, fortunately, called stare decisis, and stare decisis basically says that courts are going to follow the precedents of other courts. However, that is not always the case, um, and, and and a lot of times, especially in state court cases, that is certainly not always the case. So we, you know, yes, we have stare decisis, and they can essentially go, well, hey, the courts already ruled on that. That is the rule. You know, it might nobody? You know, we might have some issues with it, but that was the rule that was laid out. We're going to follow it. But there's no obligation that they absolutely unequivocally do so. So we need to protect and make darn sure that we do not let 807 or any of these others get enough signatures. That is paramount importance, and and I urge you to go read that opinion. Please, please, please go read that opinion and focus on and scroll all the way down and look at the number. Look at the dissents. and I did a separate post on this too for people who want to read it. But read the dissent, read what they have to say, because this is scary, and this is close, and this is why I was so freaked out and trying to get involved, and if you guys remember, the Supreme Court refused my opportunity, I, I made a request and argued that I wanted to brief this issue, because this is why I wanted to brief this issue, this is what I was scared of, guys. Um, I didn't want to mention it, because I didn't want to give anybody you know, any additional arguments, but... Paul had some compelling arguments. I mean he could have done a better job in articulating them he could have done them with some better case law, but it was a scary argument uh, that he was making that that could have prevailed and came damn close for a pro se incarcerated uh, opponent. Paul came awfully freaking close to killing 788 and uh, you know, I think Paul kind of understood that what he was doing could kill 788 and maybe Paul didn't care don't know. but at the end of the day, The people who were behind 807, one of them was the former lawyer, head lawyer for the ACLU for the state of Oklahoma. He damn sure should have known the consequences of what it was he was doing and what the potential challenges and risks could do to a challenge on this issue. And they did it anyway. The other people who are running the other petitions are risking it all. I've, I've, I've done everything I can do to make it clear. I'm depending on you guys to make it clear and to put pressure and ensure that if you guys see people out for 807 or whatever, that you let protesters know so we can encourage people who, you know, that they're, they're approaching to not sign, not sign 807, not sign 807, not sign 807, not sign 807. And again, if they run this, my guess is they're going to run it with paid signature collectors because I damn sure don't think they're going to get any support of the movement uh, and the patients. Um, and I don't, and that's why I want to do this video. I want to make damn sure they don't get any of uh, those support. Uh, because eight o seven will also equally in my opinion kill the damn program if it gets passed, so we got we got, we got two potential problems: the Supreme Court could kill it on a challenge again, or eight o seven could really really hurt it so either way, we got to make sure that this doesn't happen so read the opinion, read the dissent. I want you to read the dissent because that's the argument that i'm talking about that could have prevailed here. you can read the obviously read the opinion as well, but the dissent and read what they argue. And you guys decide where you would have come down on that issue. You don't have to be, you know, an expert attorney to understand uh you know what they're talking about and what they're saying and, and read it. They they made the dissent, make some compelling arguments. And again, that's why this issue scares the bejesus out of me. So with that said, um we survived barely uh today. Eight seven eighty eight is alive and well. You know, I did my post yesterday, I think it was yesterday, the day before. On where we're going, the lawsuit that was filed, working with OMA on the regulations. Um, by the way, y'all throw some love to Travis Kirkpatrick. I had a conversation with him yesterday and the man just seems exhausted. Uh, that's the director of OMA if you don't know him. Um, so throw some love his way, throw some kind words his way. You know, if you can send a little blurb or something on the OMA webpage or to OMA call center saying, Hey, Travis, keep your head up, keep working, keep pu- pulling along because uh, he seemed just really exhausted uh, when I talked to him the other day and and maybe even a little beat down with all the stuff that the Department of Health has got going on with COVID and with this stuff and all that stuff. So y'all give him some words of encouragement. He sounded like he could really use it. I encouraged him as best I could. Uh, but we need to keep working on this. We need to keep pushing on this. We're going to keep – you know, the lawsuit was filed. Uh, I was speaking with Representative Echols tonight uh, earlier via text, and he's going to be talking to uh, A.G. Mike Hunter uh, tomorrow. And it's my understanding we're going to meet and talk about how we can, you know, settle that case and, and get some injunctions on that to resolve those issues. Um, so it's working, it's going forward. If these people are from on the ancillary outside, wouldn't screw with things and put things that potentially at risk. um I would greatly appreciate that we have enough to deal with with elected officials in the Senate and stuff. Uh, we certainly don't need any more uh, you know, help from supposed supporters uh, that are uh, that are trying to run something because, I don't know, ego or whatever. Um, and, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. So, anyway, we need to keep pushing. We need to keep moving. Um, and, look, you know, if you believe in adult use over the age of 18, you know, I, I, go back and look at the post where I was talking about how Representative FedGator wants to push that and run that and get that on a, a ballot through the legislative process, which they can put state questions on the ballot and put them to the vote of the people. So he'd already talked about doing that. He's already committed to doing that. There's news articles where he said it. So that's out there. Let's push that. Let's get the legislature to do it. So we're not in court challenges on on stuff about these other things. So if we want that, then that's how you do it. If you want delivery, that's how we do it. If you want all this other stuff, we do it through that process. We get involved in these elections you know, get behind OK for you and what we're trying to do with that. We're trying to set up that political action committee. I talked about the other day that we're going to need some money for these candidates. Money talks. You're going to need to come up. If you're business owners, you're going to need to come up with some cash. I'm sorry. I've already come up with a lot. I, I, hell, I have I think this year, Christina and I, through the firm, have probably donated close to, I mean, we've donated at least $7,500 and maybe more. I can't remember. But you're going to have to put your money where your mouth is. As you know, and I'm sorry, but that's what we got to do. So we got to keep pushing for this. We got to keep, you know, doing all the things we're doing, but we got to fight off these potential risks and threats, uh, to essentially the entire program, uh, which is what was at risk with that Supreme Court decision. So I'm very glad, and it hurts me to say, I'm very glad that 807 can continue. Uh, now let's kill it. Um, so with that said, um, uh, I'm going to get off of here and not go as long as I normally do. Forgive me for not being more verbose tonight, but, again, I'm freaking exhausted. So uh, with that said, I will keep you guys posted. One final thing I want to mention, I posted it uh, because of all the 7-Eleven stuff. I did a post last week. And, by the way, if you didn't read that post, it's free advice. And I think it's good advice, but it's free. And it's talking about leases and things that you should be concerned about in leases and, and about legal advice and hiring a competent attorney. Go read it. Um, and if you've got a real estate issue or you, you need a realtor, I posted that about seven 11. And then what happened was, um, a realtor named Sean Worley reached out to me who I know very well. And he said, Hey, Ron, I, I love the post. I'd like to do something where, you know, I can answer questions and give anybody help that needs help. I send him a lot of people that are looking for properties when I don't know of one, he usually finds them one. Um, and he's not always successful. Properties are scarce. So If you have property that's up potentially for lease, or if you're looking for a property for lease, or if you've got real estate questions, I don't care if you're a landlord, if you're a tenant, I'm going to be there for an hour and a half. I'm going to answer questions for free. If you didn't know this or not, maybe you don't know this, but there are jobs that I do that I get paid for. And when I'm working at the office and I'm working for a client, and this might shock the hell out of some of you. Uh, my hourly rate is $400 an hour. Now, I usually don't charge all my time, but my hourly rate is $400 an hour. So essentially, you can come ask any question you want for $0. So I don't know what else to tell you. I'm doing it to try to be nice. I want those of you who don't have attorneys or have gotten yourselves into pickles to be able to try to figure out what you need to do. I mean, hell, a lot of what I'm going to say is probably going to be like you really need to hire an attorney, and you really need to hire an attorney, and you really need to hire an attorney. And, you really need to hire an attorney. But if I can answer a question, I'm certainly going to answer the question, try to give you some information. Sean is going to do that as well and be available uh, for that kind of stuff. For those of you who can't make it or like myself, I'm going to be there, but I have serious concerns about COVID. Um, I'm going to live broadcast it. We're going to answer questions um, on the live broadcast from the audience. So we'll have somebody moderating moderating that and, and posing the questions to Sean and I. I've also invited some other people that might be there. Uh, so if you can be there, it's uh, at, at a little speakeasy place called Tulsa uh, Tulsa Title and Abstract or something. I posted an event link. Uh, Sean is, and again, this was all Sean's idea. I was just trying to get the word out there and give some friendly advice. And Sean's like, let's carry it a step further. And hey, look, yes, it's marketing for Sean, but I'm okay with that. Um, it gives people information for free, and I like doing that on occasion as well. So if you uh, Boston Title and Abstract is the name of the place, it's in Tulsa. We'll be live streaming it. But Sean's paying for some more d'oeuvres and for, I think, champagne, he said. Make sure you RSVP so he's got to count on how many people they need to be ready for. Uh, but please, if you get an opportunity to come out for that, I'm going to do a post tomorrow, and this is where I'm finally going to be done. I will do a post tomorrow. Green Grow Expo is next weekend in Oklahoma City. They are a great bunch of people, Jay and them, Albany. I always want to call her Brooklyn, but her name's Albany. All of them, you know, I worked with them last year at the Green Grow Expo in Tulsa. It was a fantastic time. The class the classes I taught, I thought went wonderful. Um, entry into the event is absolutely free. There's a lot of vendors out there. Come network with people. It's free to get into that part. I think it's worth paying some money to take the classes. I'm not getting paid to do the classes, but, you know, they got to make money somewhere. So they're charging for some of these classes. More power to them. Um, and so come to the thing. I'll be around. OK For You is going to have a booth. Chip will be there. Cynthia will be there. Uh, all, the, all the wonderful people from OK For You and what we're trying to do is going to be there. Signing people up, giving out information, all of that stuff. Uh, please, please, please come check it out. It's going to be cool. It's next weekend. Um, and if you come to the, any of these things, please keep in mind, do not come with a fever. Uh, do not come if you've been any around anybody that's been exposed to COVID. Um, I would greatly, greatly appreciate not being exposed to that uh, due to the heart issues. So, um, and, and by the way, wearing a mask is extremely difficult for me because I'm extremely short of breath. Despite the fact that I can talk like a micro machine guy, um, I get extremely short of breath the minute I put a mask on and can't talk uh, when I have a mask on because I can't breathe. So, um, I will social distance. So if I stay away from you and stuff like that, please forgive me. I'm not trying to be rude. But I do want to stay away from people as much as humanly possible. So hope to see everybody tomorrow night. Hope this was helpful. Pass the word out there because a lot of people were freaked out that this, you know, that this somehow killed something, you know, right now. It doesn't kill what's important, which is 788 in the program we have now. We'll, uh, we'll work to kill 807, uh, as we move forward. Uh, with that until I talk to you guys again, uh, stay safe out there. Love you all and, uh, we will come back and see you soon.